Welcome, everyone, to a special dispatch of the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke. We're not giving this a, a an episode number, although I think it would be 344. I am going to do a recap of the Tour de France just finished yesterday. This is July 19th, 2021. But I'm not going to talk about that right yet. I'm thinking to just cut this up. And uh, I just had a wreck. I posted something online and I thought I'd get everyone maybe a little bit more detail as to how the incident happened, what my situation has been, and also talk a little bit about uh, some of the others that were involved and um, other wreck that happened this weekend that's um, uh, actually, from my perspective, much more serious of uh, another one in our cycling community here in the North um, Northern California. Anyway, um, welcome to the Between Two podcast. If you want to check out any other shows, please do so. And by the way, be looking forward to the Tour de France edition uh, last bit. So um, I've been kind of out of commission for about a week. It was uh, Tuesday. It was July, what, the 13th there. Tuesday, we do a Tuesday group ride. Came home. I ride over to the the shop there in uh, Folsom. Uh, and then join the ride. It's, you know, round trip. It's like 50, 60 miles or so for me. Um, and it's a, it's a group ride. It's a race ride kind of thing that we do. So we had, a, and by the way, my, I went down pretty, you know, 16 miles from the home. I'm not sure seven or eight miles in on the, on the ride itself. Um, I'm not sure exactly, um, of everything because my memory cut out. So I'll, you know, talk about some of that. I have vivid memory of going there. I have a memory of when the ride started, John Novikoff and Scott Hooper go up the road. I remember that. I remember, uh, Kurt Mills, another teammate of mine, kind of going up the road. And then I'm blank until the incident happens. I have vivid memory of, it's like a movie of the incident itself, like the exact moment it happened. Nothing right before that, probably about five minutes before that, I'm blank. But I have a vivid memory of it just like comes into being as it's happening. Um, and then I'm blank for like maybe 40 minutes. So, we're heading out. I don't know if those of you familiar with uh, kind of the Tuesday, Wednesday rides we do here or even the Coffee Republic ride on Saturday, head out Barton um, between almost to Wells. And on that straight stretch of road, it's kind of got some meandering little uh, climby stuff, just not much of, of climbs, but, you know, in, incline and then uh, a descent. So we're coming kind of down this thing, you know, doing like 33, 34 miles an hour. And I'm um, even looking at my training peaks. I can see the exact moment that this took place. So we're we're doing like 33 miles an hour. Um, there's a slight little incline. I get up to kind of this out of the saddle to kind of push um, up this incline, put the, the power down a little bit. My watts go up from like 280 here to 757. Then they hit uh, uh, one blip of uh, 998. And that's when it happened. And that's what I remember. That push, one push of the, of the leg and the power is where my memory comes into being. Uh, I remember, you know, kind of standing up, pushing down, and then having absolutely no resistance on the pedal, such like my chain broke. But my chain didn't break. So I don't know if it was uh, my, my gears were all kind of messed up when I um, got my wheel back. But the point is, standing up, uh, kind of leaning forward, um, having no resistance, um, my leg goes straight down. My head goes over the the hand towards going over the handlebars, which then put my handlebars to be as if you're doing um, turning hard to the left, which was just going perpendicular. I I launch over the handlebars, I land on the back of my head, 
um, helmets destroyed. Uh, good job that the helmets do. Uh, which I mean, they did. Uh, it was great work, actually. There were others that went down. And I don't believe that there's any head injuries, so a lot, lot to be thankful there for there. Go over the handlebars, hit the back of my neck as if you had overextended it, which um, ends up in, in one of the uh, injuries that I had. Uh, and then slide in on my back right, my, my back itself. I slid for a bit. Uh, Chris Flower, my teammate behind me, uh, at the time said he was I was sliding fast enough where he was able to actually avoid crashing and went around me. Slide, come to a stop. I remember, oh, that hurt. And then there was just a brief second and suddenly I had impact of people just hitting me. And it was people running into me that were unable to avoid the crash. Uh, they obviously went launching uh, after they hit me, but made me lose my breath. Uh, I was then wheezing and kind of moaning or screaming, I don't know, yelling. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Uh, I finally come to from there and I try to stand up to ride because that's what you do. Now at this point, um, I'm obviously not quite with it. Um, I start to lose a little bit of consciousness. Now, let me repeat that. I didn't lose consciousness. I start, I don't have much memory. So from that point, I do remember giving Chris my passcode to my phone. He calls my wife. I'm sitting on the side of the road. I guess I'm in a two minute loop of saying the exact same thing over and over. Um, I remember a Patrick, um, guy that's a firefighter. He was kind of triaging people. I remember my teammates there. I remember you know, another one, Jeff, um, um, Scott was doing, you know, directing traffic, these are just little blips that happen. Chris calls my wife, takes her about 25 minutes to get there. It seemed like no time at all for me. Suddenly she's there. Um, so I, at that 25 minutes, I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, you know, perhaps we should have called 911, but, you know, no harm, no foul at this point because I think that's kind of what it is. I don't know what happened with any, anybody else if they called for an ambulance for the other guys because there were some other serious injuries. I get in my wife's car. I remember that specifically, but then going to the hospital, I'm kind of not really you know, with it there. Um, as far as some memories go, I remember going around a corner and kind of getting pushed against the window and that hurting my side. Uh, but then when I get out of the hospital, uh, at the car at the ER, <clears throat> that's when I do start to start to have memory. And it's pretty solid from then until now. Uh, one of those things were sitting in the, I mean, I granted, I was still trying to come to, uh, I'm sitting in the waiting room and they're playing Jeopardy on the TV and of course I want to join in so I am and my wife took actually took a picture of one of the questions well I guess it's an answer that they were displaying on the screen and the question should have been three dog night the the band the group and um, I said Rapunzel so I obviously wasn't quite with it completely now she brought my helmet into the hospital which is a good thing because I immediately put a, a neck brace on um, they took me in to do a CT scan uh, she goes, come, they bring me back she, uh, before we get the results. My wife's like, look, we don't live that far away. I'm just going to go get some clothes because this is your typical Tyler wrecked. He's skinned up. Uh, we're just checking him out in the hospital and we'll be home in a little bit. So she leaves to get me some clothes. My friend John's there, John Novikov, and the doctor comes in and the doctor's just like, well, we got some news for you that you uh, broke your C7 vertebrae uh, and you, you, you broke your neck. Now, that's a bit, a little bit harrowing to hear, and immediately they immobilized me. Um, they're going to take me then in for uh, another scan <clears throat> around my ribs because that's really what was hurting as well from getting slammed into. And then, you know, you have a nurse saying things like, hey, don't move him. Don't let him move or he'll, he'll become paralyzed. These are pretty, you know, scary things to hear, especially when there was no indication that, you know, I was there for any of this uh, when we showed up. 
So, you know, John's there. My wife's not even there. And she has to tell her about the broken neck part. He immediately was Googling the C7 vertebrae and was, you know, is like, I don't know what exactly it is, but it doesn't, we weren't sure if we were going to have to do surgery, but it, perhaps it, it looks like at this point, you know, not necessarily the type of injury that they would be doing surgery on, but we don't know. So they take me in back to do another scan. Now this time they're super cautious about moving me. They have this, like this air bed to float me from one spot to another. I'm not getting up and moving at all where previously I'd been doing everything myself, getting up onto the tables and background, even though I had a neck brace on. They scanned me again. Ribs are not broken, but I have a contusion to my adrenal gland. So they're concerned about, uh, you know, urinating and, and blood and such. But then if that's the case, then you would have to have some uh, surgery, I guess, for that. <clears throat> and then we found out that my L3, the lumbar um, on the back, had a fracture as well. So it sounds like to me, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, they tell me this stuff. So they're going to move me to trauma unit uh, at one of the other hospitals. They end up doing that about two in the morning. Um, they had already decided, they had looked at the scans and they had said, uh, talking to a spinal doctor that they didn't think they were going to do surgery. That was good news, but they still wanted to move me to a trauma unit. <clears throat> so they moved me to a trauma unit about two. Now I've got to try to urinate. I've got all kinds of trouble with this because I had been dehydrated. Then you're laying down because they don't want you to move and you're trying to lay still while urinating into this tube. Finally, a doctor comes in three or so in the morning. She's like, look, um, you're not going to need it. Uh, this isn't actually, you can stand up. So they let me stand up. That finally was able to urinate, no blood. Things are looking good here. Finally, I don't get a room though until the next day. They finally moved me into a trauma ICU. Now, I don't, I'm not trauma ICU patient, but that's all that they had. So I got like basically a first class upgrade. I'm getting quite the nice uh, featured um, service. Uh, taking care of me, you know, I have a nice nurse and everything's going well, but they ended up keeping me another night there. So I was there, I got released, uh, that was happened on Tuesday. I finally got released, uh, afternoon on Thursday, um, talked to spinal doctors, went through all kinds of, you know, uh, speech pathologists, physical therapists, social workers, everyone's come to talk to you, making sure that you're good to go and that we can get you out. Now they wanted to kind of push me out as well because they needed a bed in the trauma unit. And like I said, there were, I guess, no other real places to put me. Now, with that all said, you know, how, how bad is this? It sounds horrible. You've got, uh, one, no broken ribs, but, you know, the C7 uh, on the bottom of the, ne- the bottom of the neck, I guess, is broken. And then the, the L3, but the spinal doctor comes in and says, look, you have no, these are not load bearing. So you need to wear this around your neck. We don't do surgery for the C7. It's kind of like the little wing, I guess, on the, the vertebrae. He's like, we don't, sometimes we'll actually do surgery if we actually we need to remove this piece because I think for me it's just floating in there he said it will fuse back together but you know and the muscles tighten around it but for now there's not really much we do we don't really do anything for this and it's not going to be a problem for what you had now that you broke the neck there because your neck um, think about if you're trying to uh, touch your chin to your chest and you do that, and then someone like hits you from behind, your your head goes down too far. That's the kind of break that that happened. Now, once again, nothing to my spinal cord, so there's not an issue. I've never felt, you know, that there's any kind of problem. They're always checking for, you know, do you have functional hands and, and tingling or anything like that. It's never really been an issue. Um, so, you know, very fortunate for that. As far as the L3 goes, it's just the a crack in there. Once again, not load bearing. So, you know, be careful. He actually said, probably stay off your bike for about a month. Okay. It was interesting because a lot of the nurses, some of the physical therapists and some of the people going around there, 
they were much more conservative on my actions and my movements than the spinal doctor and any of the, I had multiple doctors who were coming and talk to me that would talk, um, you know, discuss the situation. I was really pressing them as to what I could do. Um, they were much more liberal on getting up and moving. Matter of fact, the doctor's concern at this point was in a few weeks when I do start to um, be, be, you know, healing is taking place that I am actually uh, moving my neck so that I don't get stiff neck and that it's, you know, actually am doing some physical therapy. So that to me was very encouraging that he's like concerned that I'm not going to be doing enough in that realm. Um, now we'll, we'll see, you know, get the follow-ups here, of course, and, um, break down that, that whole situation. But for now, I come home. I still have to remember though, I've, I've got a broken neck and I got a broken back and now my ribs are really hurt. So, you know, you've got to lay down, you, you, you be careful when you're like laying down, but all that pressure and what actually torques and is allows you to, uh, be, you know, lower yourself down when you're laying down, for example, or sitting is your stomach muscles, your core, but the ribs. So that was really limiting. My sister comes over her husband and they're, you know, super funny and they're making jokes about me. And I'm telling them, you can't come back over until these ribs, <laughs> these ribs heal up because it was really painful. Um, we got some like lidocaine patches that you can put on for at least for the ribs area. Uh, that pain has actually started to subside a little bit. Uh, but also, you know, my back is ripped up pretty bad. I sleep on my back and then you have a neck injury where you have to keep it pretty much, you know, turn yourself like a block all the time. So the sleeping arrangement is pretty much sleeping on your back, but you've got all this road rash. It's just nasty all along the right and, and most of my back and buttocks and knees and both legs. And, um, so, you know, sticking to the sheets, sticking to your shirts trying to get all that done and you know to begin with you're like whatever road rash people will deal with it we this is not something new been dealing with road rash since you know 15 16 years old uh bike racing not really a big deal but now i've interestingly enough uh that's the kind of thing that's keeping me from getting a good night's sleep so you know the tour goes on you have all these wrecks out there and you think about oh what a pain it is to ride when you're you know bandaged up yeah, I get that, but think even more. I, I sympathize and empathize, I guess, um, with being able to not sleep so good um, as it is. As far as drugs go, I'm taking Norco. I'm trying to limit it only to my nighttime, just because that's when the pain's a little bit more severe. Oddly enough, the the neck there's some pain that comes in and out for that. Uh, the lower back or the, or the L3 area doesn't bother me, except for about halfway through the night when I'm sleeping, just kind of laying there still a little bit more pressure on it. And that's when I start to have um, that kind of pain. So look, for me, I think it's, if you're going to do this, you're going to break something here and crack something here in your neck and your back. This is probably the place and the injuries to end up getting them. Um, it also just happened to work out for me work-wise that I had some gaps in my calendar right now, you know, just kind of some easy weeks that were coming up. And so I'm uh, very fortunate for that. But um, paralegals and uh, law partner are kind of filling in on a few of those things in, in there as well. So I'm staying home, working from home, kind of hanging out here. The kids have been super helpful. My wife has been dynamite. Couldn't have asked for someone better. Um, the community has reached out. Friends are calling, you know, asking everything they can do. But once again, I've got a you know broken neck and broken back. But on paper, I think it sounds worse than the actual reality. But I also have to remember... I did, I have tweaked myself pretty bad and you know, you don't want to fall. And so I've, I've got to take it easy, but it's not the biggest burden on my wife that it could be. 
So, but I do appreciate everyone reaching out. I must say, uh, Aaron and Wilson of Folsom Bikes have been superb. She's reached out, came over, and you know, like everyone else, and um, we appreciate all just just a text. The fact that you guys have commented on a Facebook page or sent me a text asking me, or you know, Facebook message asking how things are going, um, very much appreciated. And you know, hope to be out there. Uh, as far as the bike goes, which is the the you know biggest, you're probably like Tyler. Uh, you know, we're 15 minutes or so into this. Uh, how's the bike? Um, look, big tear in my front tire. The wheels are both true. Um, my derailleur hanger's bent. New derailleur hanger's on the way. It's like three bucks. Um, because I'm gonna get a new. Cha- I don't know what happened. The the lock ring for my cassette was off, and the 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 cassette was kind of loose. But it had been tight. I'm pretty good about all that stuff. And and then even if it had come off, it's not enough for your chain to be falling off. I don't know if I need a new chain, if it slipped. But, you know, it was catastrophic, really. You know, when you're doing, you're putting, you know, nine, I, I'd just done racing. I haven't had any chain slippage or, or, you know, problems. So I'm buying a new chain, buying new bar tape. That was another thing. My bike's fine. Uh, helmet, need a new helmet. It's the second wreck I've had. You know, um, in a few months, uh, destroyed the other helmet, destroyed this one. So I'm going to get a new helmet. The bike looks pretty good. Um, I might not trust that rear cassette anymore nah, and or rear wheel in general. Uh, I don't know if the hub, had, I, it seems fine. But what do you want to go try that out again? I don't know. Just seems a little bit sketch as far as that goes. Uh, so, yeah, the bike's fine. Jersey shorts uh, destroyed. They cut those up. Um, they said, is that a fine? I'm like, well, yeah, this is hard. Uh, when they transferred me over to the trauma unit, um, I, I, they'd cut the shorts open, but they said they had just still been sitting on them. So then the guy finally is taking those there and, and he's like, um, can I throw these away? And they were just shredded, not only shredded, but bloodied and cut. They, they, I mean, I don't know why. And my wife's like, of course. And the guy's like, well, you would be surprised how upset people get when you're throwing their destroyed clothes away. And I'm like, yeah, well, not happening. Um, I don't mind getting rid of that stuff. So anyway, that's what happened to me. That was on Tuesday. I know some other guys went down in wreck. I don't want to name any names, <clears throat> but um, I don't know how they are necessarily doing. I hope everyone is fine. Um, I feel, you know, it's horrible about what happened. Um, it's, you know, the risk we take going out on the road, I guess, here. Um, it's just, you know, we're going at a high rate of speed. You just don't expect these things. My first thought is start to be, maybe it's just, Look at gravel racing. Yeah, yeah. So you can go down at you know doing gravel rides or whatnot, but I think you can also control a lot. You don't have to necessarily ride in a pack. You don't have to necessarily you know go barn burner downhill. I don't know people, but um, we'll maybe have to take a, a new look at your life. My life, cycling goes. You know, fifty years old, you got family to support, and um, this is not really the way uh, way you want it to be. Uh, then Saturday, I'm you know still recovering here at the house. And I get a message because we do this Coffee Republic ride that our friend Scott Hooper um, was involved and hit a car or a car hit him. Just so happened that Aaron from Folsom Bike, her friend happened to be, uh, saw it or came upon it right away and sent her a picture and who it was. And so then, you know, we the community has been, he, I don't know what happened. Car pulled out in front of him. He, whatever. He's in trauma. He was sedated. I think all his rigs, ribs are broken. His sternum is cracked. Everything else is perfectly fine. He hit right into the window. I do have a picture of that. It just you know, kind of shattered their window. Um, that's where all the impact went. And um, I think he's been recovering, coming out of it a little bit. But they keep sedating him because I think the pain is so bad. So 
Uh, no head injuries for him, but you know, thoughts and prayers are definitely for Scott Hooper. Uh, like I said, you know, he's got some rib issues. I've had broken neck and back, and I would, I just can't imagine what he's going through. Um, because mine on paper sounds bad, but this guy is still in the hospital and will be there for quite some time. And that's just, um, you know, sad. So uh, I wish the best for him. It just feels like someone's hunting or something is hunting us out there, cyclists. So obviously be careful and um, be well. So that's that's my little story. You know, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or you want to, to know anything specific about it. Um, once again, all my thoughts out there and prayers to the people that, um, that went down when I did. I, I saw one of the guy in the hospital. Um, he said he was actually fine. I was laying on gurney looking straight up. So I just heard him talking about that guy. I was in a bike wreck with a bunch of people. And I was like, Hey, what's your, and I asked him his name and, uh, we kind of conversed and I, he said he was doing okay. But, um, you know, to those other ones that uh, got injured out there, um, that really sucks. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what happens. So, um, I guess we'll all heal up and, um, hopefully be out there riding again soon. Thanks everybody. Uh, between two of us podcast, you know, we talk about bike racing, we also talk about bike crashes. That's what we had here today. But um, I appreciate all, once again, all those people that have uh, reached out, give them some love and attention and saying, hey, we wish you well. Um, even Kurt Mills, my teammate, who I, I, evidently, you know, he heard that crash. He just, can, I think he might have won. So, you know, there's give and take. There's, I'm crashed. I'm, I don't really know what's going on. What, what could he help anyway? So as long as he won the group ride, I think it's a payoff. It's a, it's a trade-off. Kurt, congratulations on your win on a Tuesday night ride for a meaningless ride. But you did come to the hospital, so um, I appreciate that. All right, everybody. Take care and be well.